The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. This is Alice Cooper, the original Technotard, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Good to see you. Uh, big changes for Justin. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm liking Ooh. that. Well, number one, you shaved off. What did you have on your face? Was it, was it a mustache or a goatee? Neither. <laughs> it was a full beard. You look different. Well, yeah, I had to shave. Well, actually, no, no. This time I didn't have to shave. I had to shave a couple weeks ago for an interview for a job. Oh. But, 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 but since then it grew back, but I was actually shaving in the shower and I made a mistake and I, I trimmed off the mustache <laughs> part. And so it was just going to be a chin strap. And I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. I'm no. like, all right, I'm just going to shave it all off again and start over. But no, I usually keep a little bit of stubble. Yeah, that's in your face. It, either that or your face is getting got that baby. Yeah, well, that too. I've actually gained about five pounds in the last week. No, seriously, I was on a a work trip. Right. Uh, to I went from uh, Denver, which at the time was like 25 degrees and snowing, down to sunny Florida, and I went to Panama City, Florida, for work. But you know, work trips, you're not eating the best. So, yeah, you know, I went out and you know had food at restaurants every single night. It was like three nights. Um, so yeah, I didn't really, you know, eat the best. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling it physically now. I, I gained a couple pounds over the past couple weeks. Now the, uh, it was funny because I think the day before you left, yeah. uh, I saw the, the governor there, uh, DeSantis was talking about the fires that they had. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, was like a mile away from my hotel. So were you getting like completely smoked out? No, 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 no. So I actually, so it was funny the the morning before I left. I was watching the morning news here in Denver, mm-hmm. and you know how they have that little ticker at the bottom of the screen that, you know, ticks across all the different news stories? Yeah. And it said, major fires in Panama City, Florida, affecting <laughs> homes. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> that's where you're going. I was like, that's where I'm going. So I, I called the hotel, and I'm like, are you guys evacuating? They're like, no, no, the fire's close, but it's actually going the other way. It's burning east, not west. And so I was west of the fire, but... um. Yeah, I mean, you could see the smoke uh, yeah. from from where the where the hotel was. Yeah, I covered wildfires yeah. when I lived in San Diego. Justin, you might remember when yep. Mount Laguna caught on fire. Oh yeah. Oh, I, now how do you do that without getting the cameras covered in soot and you you don't you don't. No. <laughs> I've seen I've seen them with the uh, MMJs out there and you know the multimedia journalists and they're they're constantly wiping the whoa, lens. Whoa, 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 what? What was that? But MMJ journalists journalists. That's what they are. That's what they are. Let's, Why do you guys say it like that? They really that? are one-man bands. Or yeah, one yeah, one yeah. Bands. There you go. Yep. Yeah. So people don't know. You know, some it used to be in the old days. If a journalist or you know a reporter was going out, you had a camera person, you had a tripod, you know, and they, they you had a truck, <clears throat> you had a truck, and they would you know they would cover you. But now a lot of these journalists they go out by themselves and yeah. they do the whole thing. Then they get in the truck and they or they go back. They to don't the even station. have trucks anymore. So how do they edit their video? Well, they edit in the front it. seat of their jeep. Yeah, wow. They, they the edit it. Yeah, on the front, and then what they do is they upload it back to the station, either using, uh, either using just a USB, uh, uh, you know, LTE cell, cellular device, mm-hmm. if they want to upload the raw package, or if they're trying to do a live shot, uh, they still don't even have trucks anymore. Like you never see a truck out in the. What you do is they have these things called. There's a couple different companies that do it: Teradek, uh, LiveView, and uh, Degero. Are the three TVU like also? Well, TVU does. TVU is more. I guess. Yeah, I guess you could count. Yeah, TVU definitely. Yeah. Um, so there's like four major companies that do it. But what they do is they use cellular bonding, 
So you have a device that will have, let's say, an AT&T USB uh, cellular device, uh, a Sprint, a Verizon, and a T-Mobile or whatever. I mean, I'm just naming off ones. And it bonds all of that data and it sends it across all the various channels like AT&T, Verizon, Sprint. But then it all comes back together back at the station as one stream. So it splits oh, it up. Wow. And then it puts so that way, no matter where you are, you're probably going to get coverage. So you might be in an area that Sprint is not good at, but AT&T and Verizon have good coverage. So it uses those modems to send the to, to send the live shot out. So you'll notice like if you're watching the news and they're doing a live shot and they might not be in a good area, you'll notice like pixelization. Yeah. It's not the live truck because microwave trucks don't really do that. I mean, kind of, but you'll notice the pixelization because they're using a DeGero or a TVU or right. a Teradek to send that live shot back to the station via cellular LTE. Now, the downside to some of these journalists that are doing this now is they don't have anybody watching their back. And I, I, well, saw, yeah. I saw a video the other day. It was a reporter, and I, I wish I could remember where she was. She got hit by a car. She was doing oh, her gosh. story, and a car just ran, boom. She, and she goes down. She was live. And but nobody else was with her, and she goes down, and and you hear her like, and then she gets up, you know, and she's like continuing the report. I'm thinking that girl needs a hug and a trophy. <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. a promotion, really. Yeah. Um. No, you're right. I mean that that is true. That nobody's really watching the reporters back, and there was that one incident, and I'm not really going to go into it, but that one crazy incident that uh, happened a few years ago. Yep. And again, that. it was nobody was watching their back, really. Um. But uh, she had a yeah. cameraman with her, and the cameraman was killed. Both yeah. of them were killed. Both of them killed. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, and but yeah, so there's those those, but those are kind of like few and far between. I mean, th- those are crazy psychotic incidents that happen. But still, what you're talking about, somebody getting hit by a car or whatever. Yeah, a cameraman would be able to be like, hey, hey, hey watch out, you're getting a little too close to the street, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's the thing is they're trying to cut costs, trying to do it. I and would, I would say ninety percent of the live shots you see are done with a live backpack or a bonded cellular device. Yeah, so a single person doing it with a camera, tripod, you know, sticks, they call them, uh, and, and the cellular bonding device. And, and also it forces these journalists to be technical because yeah. a lot of them don't understand the most basic technical stuff because they've never done anything technical. They've always had an IT person do it for them. So now they have to learn how to turn on the TVU, how, how to connect back to the station with the TVU. You know, things like that. So they have to learn these technical aspects. When you think like in a bigger city like Denver, you know, uh, where they would have somebody always with them no. or it doesn't work that way. Actually, it, in the bigger cities, they tend to expect you to go out and Ex- do it. Yeah, exactly. Because of the fact that we have such good cellular coverage. Why do you need another cameraman there? I mean, you'll find like there's certain journalists that will always go out with the cameraman. And that's usually like in the morning show because he does the thing where he walks around and he's showing off like mm-hmm. this new location, this new restaurant. So he needs somebody to follow him while he's walking around the restaurant and showing off things. So yeah, he has to have a camera guy. But for the most part, yeah, they're all alone, right, Sean? Yeah, I know that, for example, like the LA market and the New York market, the union requires there to be a photographer with a reporter. That makes sure, sense, if, you're, yeah. if you're unionized, yeah. yeah. Th- there are certain stations that it's required. But at the station I worked at in Grand Rapids and, and in San Diego, it was very possible for me to even take one of these backpacks and go live at a scene. Say I was sitting in the newsroom and breaking news came over the scanner. They're going to send the first person available with one of these backpacks to get a camera up right away. Yeah. I don't know if it even still exists anymore. 
there was an app that if you lived in a certain city, you could say, all right, I'm available. And they would pay you. Forget what that term is, where, where somebody shoots video and then sells oh, it Oh, they the made station. a movie after that. Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. was in that. But there, there was what an do you call that, remember, Sean? I can't remember the term. Um, it's a stringer. 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 Yeah, stringer. That's it. Yeah. So, and I think it was a stringer service, and you would get an app. And I got a couple of them, and I went out and I shot video, and I never saw a dime. Tribune Media had an app that we, would, we could give to people. You could say, hey, download this app. And if you're at a live event, turn it on, and we can pull up your stream at any time. Oh, wow. Pretty neat. That, yeah, that's, that's scary with because this, you, you can't filter that content. That's true. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah. If it's live. Can we just all take a moment and just appreciate, though, that we have in our presence right now, Andy, one the, the, the cameraman <laughs> behind one of the most famous live shots <laughs> ever. It went viral. And went well, viral, it the, went, the party it went one. viral around the world. It was viewed internationally. It's Is there a title big. for that if people want to look for it online? Macosta County Rave. Okay, Rave. how do you spell <laughs> that? <laughs> Macosta, M-E-C-O-S-T-A, Macosta. Macosta County, County Rave. Rave. Yeah, um, or you just look up Fox 17, Macosta, you know, Fox 17, yeah. Macosta County Rave. Um the most yeah. famous line of that is, I didn't make this guy pass out and sleep on my floor. <laughs> and you just, you just, you just saw like pan over and you just, you're filming like a guy passed out on the floor. I mean, it was just, it was just perfect. It is it great yeah. video. And so I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we went back a week later and interviewed that guy yeah, that yeah. passed out on the floor. There was a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just as good as the first one. It, yep. it was, it, it was so popular that it ended up on Kimmel twice and ended up in the Jimmy Kimmel 2015 top five TV clips of the year. And you shot that. That's actually yeah. very cool. Yeah. I like so, that. I, and I, I, I have a little bit of a claim to fame, but I didn't actually film this or whatever. But when I was working in San Diego at, at KSWB, uh, one morning we had that that, that famous jetpack fail, the water jetpack, where oh, the guy tries to take off too. and oh, he just fell man. into the water. The, the reporter, his watch got caught on his safety release uh, strip. Oh, right, or whatever yes, yes and it killed the jetpack and he fell into the water <laughs> and so and so then they then they cut to the anchors and the anchors were all laughing i mean look just look up fox 5 jetpack fail it's got millions and millions of views but the thing is i grabbed it and i uploaded it to my youtube channel not realizing the legal ramifications yeah. of that and so Within a couple hours, it had already gotten a couple hundred thousand views. Amazing. And the web developer guy for Fox 5 was like, he's like, who's this 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 Donnie Narco guy? <laughs> and, and and somebody told him it was me. So he called me over to his desk and he goes, Are, is this you? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you do realize you can't monetize that, right? And I'm like, well, why? He goes, because Tribune owns the rights to that video. Yeah. And I'm like, uh-oh. So he goes, I was like, I'll take it down. He goes, no, 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 leave it up. It's already got a couple hundred thousand views. Let's leave it up. Just can't just make any money off Just of don't it. monetize it. So it's still up to this day. And it's been copied by other YouTube channels that have monetized it. By They they put it in their like best of you know news fail videos or whatever. But yeah, I have that one. That was my original. There, it used to be really easy to monetize with YouTube. Uh, it used to be if you had a video and you had some views... You could monetize stuff pretty easily, but now yeah. YouTube YouTube didn't care where it got its eyeballs from. No, yep. and not at all. And but now you know YouTube has changed. You have to have a certain amount of followers, a certain number of steady regular followers before you can have any kind of monetizing in there. Otherwise, yeah. you 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 can't claim that. And you know, it's podcasts are now starting to get the monetization 
But for videos where it started where you could make money, then they said, no, we're scaling this back. Like we we had a video. Here, here's my claim. Uh, it was an interview with Jim uh, Jimi Hendrix. It was an interview <laughs> with Tommy, wow. Tommy Chong, which is still up on our, it's actually on the Tech Talk Radio YouTube page. I did an interview with Tommy Chong in the studio talking about how one night uh, he was playing with his band up in Canada, uh, Vancouver, and uh, Jimi Hendrix walked in. And I wanted to play a set with him. And he tells the story about it. And I was able to monetize that one and made a few bucks off of it. But then when they changed that, it took away that monetization element of it. Oh, because you didn't have enough followers or whatever? Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, now speaking of that, there there was a story this week when it comes to monetization that has a lot of people going, wait a minute. Because we haven't really seen this before. Those who go out and buy a nice new Windows PC with Windows 11 on it. Apparently, they're going to run into an issue. Well, not run into an issue, but they're going to be the victim of Microsoft monetizing your experience. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Well, so Windows 11, Microsoft has said this was not intended to be published externally outside of Microsoft, Mm -hmm. but in a preview build of Windows 11 or a whatever they call it. Insider. Uh, insider. In yeah. their insider build of Windows 11, ads were being served in the task manager. The file. No, explorer. no f- file explorer. Not so task if you open up explorer, file explorer yeah. to go to your, your, my computer or this PC or to open up your downloads folder, add. Now, would this be a video or just uh, even a text ad? It, it doesn't really expand on that. It'd be it really funny. Says, it'd be really funny if it was an ad for Apple. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really expand on what it, if it was full screen or Windows. Right. Um, so this but, is a you know, memo that went out that got leaked, and apparently that's where a lot of people are saying, wait a minute. This is good. Yeah. This could be the death of Microsoft right here. If they it's, push it's, this out. It's clear that Microsoft is capable of running them in, running ads inside Windows 11, and the company's brief statement doesn't rule out ads appearing in the File Explorer in the future. Well, we get that. I mean, if you think about it, when you open up uh, Edge, you know, you open up the browser. There it is. I mean, you, you'll you get a new, but any news agency you go to, even TV news, you go to their websites and you will be fed with ads. Well, there's a, there's another radio talk show host that does a tech show and you go to her, well, you go to the website uh-huh. uh, and there are tons of ads all over the front page of that. Well, that's why, that's, that's, that's the thing. That's what drives everything right now. I mean, you know, if you look at it from a different aspect, all this whole, and I'm not going to get into political stuff, but all this whole thing about fake news or about agencies trying to, it's all, they're, all they're trying to do is drive you to their website to read their article, whether it be truth or, or fiction. And it's just simply to get clicks and eyeballs on their page so they can sell more advertising. It's as simple as that. It's everything is driven by advertising now. Let me ask you, if you see something online, well, you're, say you're on a browser, say you're on, on you know, checknews.google or, or whatever. You just open up the Edge browser and there's, you know, Microsoft Stories. There's some good stories sometimes in there. And then you see that story, and I saw this once, and this ticked me off. It said, young stars who died too early. And it was a photo of Mara Wilson. Now, if you remember Mara Wilson, she was in Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, she did tons of movies. Wait, the little girl? Yeah. She died? No. She's very much oh. alive. Yeah. See? But you see, it was it's like, all clickbait. So a lot of people would look at it and go, oh my God, I didn't know that little girl died. And you click on the story. And no, the, the best way somebody explained this to me was 
go to the supermarket and look at all of the tabloids, right? They've yeah. got those shocking articles because you want to see, is it really true that so-and-so has cancer or so-and-so, right? Mm-hmm. So you pick it up, you flip through it, you put it back down. But in those three or four pages you might have flipped through, there might have been six or seven ads for different things on those pages. As they call them, impressions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. impressions. Yeah. yeah. So it, there's nothing different about the internet and media like that. It's All it is is they're trying to gain your attention. That's why it's called clickbait. Yeah, that's exactly. It's all driven. By, so like if you if you think about social media or just, you know, media in general, TV, radio, uh, newspaper, web, you know, you think about like, well, nobody trusts the media anymore. Well, it's because this is the reason why is because it's all driven by their sales department. What happens is, is they're like, hey, I got all these advertisers want to advertise, but I need people to go to the website. Oh, OK. Let me come up with some clickbait article and post it a sensationalized article and yeah. bam here you go throw up seven or eight different ads on that page because i know people are going to click on it i saw something on one of the tv news channels here in tucson and i'm not going to say which one but I, I i was watching the news this is a news broadcast they're in a story they go to the next story and in that next story it actually said sponsored yeah and I thought, wait a minute, they're running a sponsored story during the newscast? Yep. And I'm wondering how prevalent that's going to be. It's that gonna people get understand worse. that was paid for, it's gonna for get them worse. To, to carry. Yep. It, yeah, so I brought it up, and for those of you who are watching the video, you can see it, but I brought up where this ad was in his Windows 11 preview build. So it was in a banner within the file explorer that just says, hey, look at this, something about Microsoft Editor, click here to learn more. So it's trying to sell him or impress upon him that he needs to go learn more about Microsoft Editor. Well, could they could now could Microsoft use it though to kind of show its other products? I mean, are they going to be doing it to hey, we're getting money from Ford or we're getting money from you know one of the, uh, uh, Tesla? Well, of course they could. They're doing it for the Microsoft products because they don't have advertisers that are paying for a preview build. They're going to put their own stuff in there right now. But yeah, eventually you're going to see those. Yeah. I mean, click on the start. If, if you're sitting on a, or if you're near a computer, when you get home, click on the start menu of your computer. If you have windows, you're going to see ads right there. You're going to see candy crush. You're going to see other things. You're going to see the True. weather and time. And you're going to get served ads based on things you have on your computer installed or just because it's connected to the internet. And, 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 and let me take this to a different direction too. You go to Google, you type in any time you're like, let's say, let's say you're just, you heard about this new mobile game, all right? Uh, mm-hmm. Clash of, Clash of, Clash of Chefs. Let's call it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't even know that's a real thing. Class of Chefs. Right. It's a na- it names after the Clash of Clans and all that. Let's Sounds call it like Burger of, Time. Remember yeah, basic, Burger Time? Yeah. Basically, yeah. So let's say you look it up on Google. What is Class of Chef? Clash. Uh, you had to pick one that was hard for you to say, right? I know, right? <laughs> Clash of Chefs. And all of a sudden now, in every single search you're going to do anywhere else, on your phone, on your social media, you're going to start seeing ads for Clash of Chefs because they all sell their own data to each other saying, hey, 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 I got somebody over here. They looked up Clash of Chefs and they're like, oh, okay, let's go ahead and serve them that. Yeah. People have to understand that when they look up something, it's suddenly sent out to everybody. They're looking this up. I've like if told- you, you've looked at tires uh, suddenly you'll get ads for tires. I've told this story so many times in the past that one time I, I wanted to test out the Google and Alexa in my house. Mm-hmm. So I would walk around and talk about Ferraris and Bugattis and Lamborghinis all weekend, just loudly talking about them. And sure enough, 
on Facebook on Monday morning, I got ads for Ferraris and Lamborghinis yeah. and high expensive cars and F1 racing. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, because I've been looking for video cards. So, you know, I ended up getting just so I could finish the build uh, just a 1050. It wasn't a 1080. It was a 1050, sure. which is, you know, it's a four gigabyte card. So uh, I've started looking because car. I don't know if you guys know this, but cards are beginning to flood the market again. Yeah, that's good. And which is great. And we're starting to see 3050s, 3080s, 3090s at a reasonable price available Again, from your local your, your local people as well as Amazon, which yeah. are, and you can get it next day. So if yeah. you've been waiting for a graphics card, so I've been looking. Well, sure enough, I use Google to start looking, and now even in Facebook, in social media, on other pages, I'm starting to see ads for graphics cards. I've got a couple solutions for that problem and the problem that we just got done talking about with advertising and Windows. So the solution to your problem right there, Andy, about going to Google and typing in something and now you're getting served ads. Yeah. Don't use Google anymore. Use yeah. DuckDuckGo.com. I saw ads for DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Really? I, I've, I have switched out all of my search engines for DuckDuckGo because DuckDuckGo is almost as good as Google, but it doesn't care what you search for and it will not sell your data to anybody. It does not do that. So in those so, ads, in those ads, when they say we don't care, it's none of our business, they really mean that. Oh, Duck, yeah. Duck, go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't care. They don't sell your information. They don't sell what you're searching for to anybody else. But like the thing with Google, you know, you think about it. Almost everybody's got a Gmail account. So when you go to Google.com, you're already automatically signed into your Gmail account, yeah. and it tracks everything you search because they sell that information to other advertisers. Say, hey, hey. We got a guy over here interested in Bugattis and Lamborghinis. Got Start it. serving the ads. Got it. But DuckDuckGo is like, eh, whatever. Now, how do they how do they monetize themselves though? If if you know, I don't you, think they do, so, I think it's like a nonprofit or something. Wow, I, I don't we, know. We need I'm to not look sure. that up. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, yeah, Sean, maybe you want to look that up. But while Sean's looking that up, because he's our official researcher of Tech Talk Radio, right? The other thing about having ads served to you in Windows or just anywhere on your network. Whether it be your smart television or your computer or your phone, one of the things you can do at home, and we talked about this in the past, is get yourself a Raspberry Pi and install Piehole. Now, I know that sounds funny. <laughs> Piehole, P-I-hole. Right. And it is a local DNS server that you point all of your devices at. So, like, on your router, if you log into your router, it'll let you type in what you want your DNS server to be. You would type in the local IP address of your pie hole, and what happens is, is all internet requests from your smart TV, from your phone, from your computer, from your smart toaster, all of those requests get sent through the pie hole, and pie hole keeps a massive database of ad-serving domains, and it blocks all of them. So what do so you get? You get like a blank square, or, or you just you well, first off, your internet loads a heck of a lot faster. Because right. you're not having to wait on all those ads to show up on the page. Uh, the downside is, is sometimes, like, for instance, if I go to Google and I'm trying to search for something, the first few results are sponsored results. Yeah. They just might happen to be the thing that I'm looking for. Oh. But if I click on it, Piehole blocks it because it, it's a sponsored ad. Right. So Piehole blocks. So there's a little bit of downside to it. Every once in a while, you'll get something where it's like, oh, I can't reach this website all of a sudden. Well, I can't. I don't know why. Oh, it's because Piehole's blocking it. But then you can go into Piehole's web interface and just quickly whitelist it 
which means to allow it to go through. Now, so, is, is setting up a Raspberry Pi difficult? Raspberry Pi in itself, no, the, especially the Pi Hole. Pi Hole, all you need to do is have an SD card. You go to the piehole.net, so it's pi-hole, H-O-L-E, dot net, piehole.net. You download their image. You burn the entire image to your SD card using a you know SD card uh, image burner right. application. You simply put that card into your Raspberry Pi, boot your Raspberry Pi, your local network will find it, then you can get in and you can configure all the settings. Like, I want to set this IP address, and I want to set this upstream DNS server. Because, again, the Pi Hole doesn't know all DNS. It right. only knows the list of all the bad stuff. If it doesn't know it, it will forward it onto, let's say, Google DNS or your local ISP's DNS or whatever. But you set all of your devices to look at the Pi Hole as the DNS server. Now, if you don't know what DNS means... It means domain name service. So when you go to Facebook.com, you're not going to Facebook.com. You're going to 172.85.247.39. Right. How are you going to remember that? You don't. You remember Facebook.com. That's what DNS does. It ties a name to an IP address. Like a home address. But here's an exactly. easy way to remember. This is where Bob lives. This exactly. is where John lives. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's what DNS is. So this pie hole is super simple to set up. And it's free. Well, Pi Hole's free, but you need to buy a Raspberry Pi. And as Sean was mentioning earlier, right? Sean, what did you say? You can't find a Raspberry they... Pi right now for because normally they go for like thirty five dollars. Yeah, they're cheap. Yeah, you can't if you can find them in stock. If you're lucky, um, you're you're gonna pay sixty five, seventy five bucks for a, a third a third edition or a third Oof. model. Oof. Uh, upwards of a hundred bucks for a fourth model or the odd one that Andy has the keyboard and everything in one. Yeah, I've got the 400. Um, they, they've got several versions, but um, there are several websites that you can use that, that, that track and, inventory and stuff, but and, they're not cheap right now. And honestly, for a pie hole, I have mine running in a pie zero, which is a super simple, tiny, tiny version of a pie. It doesn't, it's not very powerful, but it doesn't need to be because it's just running DNS. That's you just it. basically set it up, hook it to your router, and that's it. You that's don't have to it. do and anything you, else. And you point your devices at that as their DNS server. Right. Can, now, does it also help with mobile devices? Within Absolutely. The yes, be, yes, because you're you're in, in the house, you're connected to your Wi-Fi. Your Wi-Fi looks at the pie hole for DNS. So even on my phone, I don't get ads. But if I go outside the house, all of a sudden, those same websites are filled with ads. Oh, okay. All right. We, we got to take a break. We come back. Uh, security warning for those that are going to be doing any traveling. Spring break, of course, you know, is in effect for depending on where you live. That might be going on. So we only get a little security advice. Uh, we'll see if Sean was able to find out anything on that. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. Find us on the web at techtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. And now back to Tech Talk Radio. So during the break, I was able to go to DuckDuckGo's website to their privacy section and, and kind of learn a little bit more about exactly what they do and don't collect. All right. So earlier, earlier we were talking about DuckDuckGo and we were thinking, how do they how do they make money? What you know, if they're they're saying Justin, you're saying they they're the one of the best browsers to use if you're really concerned about privacy. Yeah. They yes. All right. So what unless you, you want to use like Tor or something like that, right? Yeah. There are other alternatives that are even more anonymous, but. Um, from their website, you can go to duckduckgo.com slash privacy and see all this information uh, and do your own research if you want. Um, 
when it says when you access DuckDuckGo, your website, your web browser automatically sends information about your computer. Example, your user agent and your IP address. Because this information can be used to link to you, to your searches, we do not store it at all. So they don't store your user agent and your IP. So any information your computer is sending, except for what you type in, because they obviously right. have to store that so they can aggregate the data. Um, and then by default, they don't. No cookies are accepted, and cookies are trackers from other websites that leave breadcrumbs, essentially, or cookie crumbs, to track where you've been around the web and help aggregate data that way. I think I did a good idea of explaining yeah. cookies. Well, for a lot of people um, who don't know, too, like when you go to a website, it may deliver a cookie to you. Sure. And you may get yeah. that notice now that says, do you want to accept oh, these? Oh, gosh, those are so annoying. <laughs> right? Um, and if you do, then they'll just sit on your computer, and that's how they look. and go, oh, he's been here before. He was here last week. Mm -hmm. So that's that's basically how a cookie works. And, you know, people always say, you know, delete your cookies, which is a, a good thing. Yeah, well, so uh, DuckDuckGo doesn't store any of that. So when they do sell data, if they do, it does it can't your searches for American flags can't be tied back to you. They can just yeah. know that somebody searched for American flags. Now it does say that they have some monetization between Amazon with Amazon and eBay. Mm -hmm. So if you search for something and a search result populates an Amazon or an eBay link, by clicking on that link. Amazon knows you came here because of DuckDuckGo. Sure. Not not if you and, have a pie hole, though. Right. If you have a pie hole, right. it's going to block if, that. Right. So if you make that purchase on Amazon, Amazon then says, hey, DuckDuckGo, somebody made a purchase by clicking on your link. Here's five bucks or whatever the cost is right. for that. Right. So they do make some money that way, but um, they're not saving the information that can tie those searches for the American flag back and to you. That's via a your huge... IP address and public record and other things like that. Yeah, that's a huge thing though. That's 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 the problem with Google. Uh and I I'm, I'm assuming probably Safari because it's tied to your Apple account is that they're selling your data based on who you are and, and that's what you're looking you, for. And what you're looking for, that's why you see the same kind of ads over and over and over again on social media and websites is because they're like, hey, we know Andy likes Hallmark movies. Let's go ahead and send them ads based on Hallmark movies. Or let's send them ads for the competitor, Lifetime. There you go. Or well, you like those You like those too. Yeah, those, are, those aren't those yeah. are bad. I like the yeah. new Lifetime murder mysteries. Those are good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, actually, so when you look at the business model for this, for what DuckDuckGo is doing, actually that makes sense. Because think about it. So when a... Well, Car company wants to know, um, hey, how how many people are searching for this type of car? Whether it's tied to you or not, they can sell that data to yep. that car company and say, well, people using the DuckDuckGo browser, we have, you know, 150,000 in this zip code or this, you know, this area that are looking, even though you might be using a VPN, that are looking for this type of vehicle. So yep. it really helps in marketing purposes not directly at you, but for where they want to spend their money when yep. it comes to advertising. So it could actually benefit, you know, uh, Google. It could benefit some of the some of the um, advertisers that are advertising online to help them. So DuckDuckGo can be a good marketing partner without really affecting your browsing. Which yeah, that's, that's a, true. That's not a bad idea. I you know I haven't tried the but, the I haven't tried that browser yet. I mean, is it is it easy to use? 
Well, I mean, it's not a browser. It's just a search engine. A search engine, right. Yeah. So, so you use... No, they, they do have a mobile browser. Right. Oh, they do. Okay. So where do you... Which, which I use. How do you put that in? Is it an extension? Uh, no, you work? just go to duckduckgo.com and set that as your oh. uh, default homepage. Okay. Or you can add it as a Chrome extension. Or you can add it as a Chrome extension. Yeah. So everybody can find out more at duckduckgo.com. All right. So the big news that we were going to talk about, but we really didn't talk about, mm-hmm. Justin got himself a new gig. Oh, yeah. A new, yeah that's yeah, yeah. actually pretty cool, the job that you're going to be doing. Yeah, so uh, I, I've talked about it many times in the past. I, I, I currently work for Nextstar Media Group. I'm a, I'm a, a senior network engineer. But, uh, you know, I've always Did wanted to— Did you go to, to school for that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I've got a bachelor's degree in IT, but I don't know how much oh, it's okay. helped me. All right. Um, it's more about my experience, really, honestly. Um, but, no, I just—I've always wanted to be a manager, and I've always wanted to get into that because I feel like I could be a better— uh, manager than I could a uh, just a technician, right? And so I've wanted to do that, but unfortunately, um, you know, there just wasn't any positions available for management roles uh, within Nexstar. So um, I started looking, and I came across uh, our local uh, Parks and Rec department here, where, you, where it, you live, where I live. Yeah, so it's I'm, I actually live within the district, so it's it's Highland Hills. And uh, they were looking for a manager of IT. And so I was like, "Ah, well, you know, my chances of getting this are probably pretty slim. Because, I mean, I've applied for jobs in the past, and every single one of them is like, no, thank you. We're going to go in a different direction or whatever. So, I mean, I was kind of jaded by it. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll put my application in. And they hit me back and said, hey, we'd like to have an interview with you. But it's going to be an in-person interview. So I'm like, oh, wow. All right. So I, I, I went in and did my interview. And. I obviously I I'm pretty sure I killed it because they offered me the job, and uh, so yeah it was it's really cool. So I'll be a, a manager of IT. So I'll be what the best part about it is, um, I'm going to be working at Waterworld, which is a nationally famous water park in Denver, and it's just five minutes from my house. Right. And so my office, I'm 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 assuming I probably get an office being a manager will most likely overlook the water park. So during like the summer months, I'll be able to look out at all the kids and having fun sliding down the slides and That's all that cool. good stuff. You know, so yeah, it's it's a, it's going to be it's going to be a cool location to work at and it was funny because during the interview, you know, I was I was really just having fun with the interview, you know, not really trying to I wasn't nervous or anything because, you know, I mean, heck, worst case scenario, I I've, I've got a job already. I, right. I don't need this. So I just wanted to go in and be myself and have a good time. And um, so one of the questions that, you know, I asked them after they had asked me other questions, one of the questions I asked them was, so for uh, bring your kid to work day, um, <laughs> can I just bring him in and let him play in the slides or how does that work? And yeah. they, all, they, you know, they all laughed at that. It was pretty funny. But yeah, man, I, I start on uh, the 31st of March. I, my last day at Next Stars on the 25th. And then I've got a couple days to myself to get my affairs in order, and then I start on the 31st. Now, this is pretty cool, too, because you're going to handle probably IT for all within the parks and recreation that that area serves? Yes, so I'll be doing everything. It's not just going to be network engineer anymore. Like, I'm going to be doing everything uh, from from network to local desktop support to point-of-sale systems, uh, which which means I have to get get qualified in – I can't remember exactly. I think it's called PCISS or PCSI something. It's it's basically the certification you get on how to handle credit card data. Oh, okay, got it. 
Yeah. And so you could, because it's protected data. So you have to be qualified in knowing how to handle that kind of data. So I have to get qualified in that. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be everything. And, and a lot of the stuff that they do is contracted out. And I'm hoping that, you know, with me being there with my experience that I have, we'll be able to like move some of it back in house. And that way we can save money as a district. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting into semantics here, but it's going to be a fun job. It's going to be cool. For our listeners that have uh, children or grandkids or, you know, family members that have said, I want to get into tech. Yeah. Let me ask you, because they, w- w- there's always a family that has somebody that excels in it. You know, I mean, <laughs> you said Excel. I, well, it's, <laughs> well, it's true. I'm mean, Sean. I mean, when something goes wrong, tech, your family calls you. They say he knows what he's doing. I'll yep. call more, him more, yep. more often than not. Yeah, I get those phone calls. Especially from my in-laws and my And parents. look at how excited Sean is to answer that question. <laughs> hey, they know that, you know, they know over the years that I'm savvy with technology and I can usually figure it out. Um, they better know but, what kind of beer you drink because if somebody calls me from my family who want tech advice, I'm like, you better be sending me a six-pack. Yeah, mostly I get a lot of uh, tech-related from the camera side of things, right? Like, hey, yeah. I'm looking for a DSLR or a point-and-shoot or a video camera. What do you recommend? Well, the first question I have is, what's your budget? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that yeah. can really determine how how fast I can find you something or ooh, kind of narrow the scope of what I'm looking for. So I was in, uh, I was funny because I was in Walmart the other day and uh, this woman was looking for a television and she started explaining to this guy who I see all the time because I go into this one all the time and she was telling him, well, my screen's black and it won't come back on, right? And I just couldn't help it. I was walking by and he was like, oh, I don't know what that would be. And I said, did you uh, uh, unplug your, your cable box and plug it back in? And she said, uh, no, I haven't done that yet. I go, you might want to give that a try. And then uh, she was saying, well, I think I might just want to get a bigger TV. She had like a 37-inch a television, right? So, And I kept walking, and I, I walked away. And I, she thanked me, and I walked away. And But I heard the salesman. Not once did he ask her, how big is your room? She wanted a 60-inch television, what she wanted to buy. Not uh-huh. once did he ask how big his room and all that. And it's like because he's a Walmart salesman. They don't get paid enough to care. Walmart just announced though they're doing this new tech thing, similar to what I think we've Best seen Buy. with with uh, Best Buy and others. They're going to be doing a new thing where they're going to have tech experts, experts in their field. So I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> <laughs> right? So I'm thinking, okay, well, wait a minute. Uh, a good Somebody one. that loves technology, Justin, you were in the Navy. Yeah. And they helped you get that bachelor's degree. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh is it is school still important where we are with tech or is it even more important now? Oh, oh that's a good question. Um, we've we've had schools like ITT and some of these other ones that teach you just focused on tech. Is it important now for, for people to really pursue that technology degree? This is my opinion and my opinion only. Right. And the opinions expressed by me are not that of Tech Talk Radio or its mm-hmm. subsidiaries. Wait, wait, hold on. We don't have subsidiaries. Anyway, um, (laughs) this is my opinion on this subject. The degree is going to get you more money in the job that you get, but the experience is going to get you that job first. Right. So what I'm trying to say is, no, it's not that important. It's more about getting out there and experiencing it and when people say, well, they need an education in IT, like a bachelor's degree, it's just not relevant anymore. What you need are certifications. Ah, there you go. That's keyword right there. And and particular areas of expertise, expertise within IT, such as 
You want to be a network engineer? You want to get your Juniper uh, JNCIA certification, Juniper Network Associate, or if it's Cisco, your Certified Cisco Network Associate or Certified Cisco Network Professional, you want to get those certifications. If it's uh, Wi-Fi, Ubiquity, or Aruba, or Cisco Meraki, you know, those type of things. You need to get those certifications that says, I know this particular platform the best. Right. That's how you're going to get that job, and that's how you're going to get paid. Because if you want in the IT industry, they don't care if you know, oh, I have a bachelor's degree in IT from ITT Tech. No, right. they don't care about that. Because you know what you've learned? Nothing. You've learned what have you nothing. done in the real world? How have yes. you applied that? Yes, right. you have learned nothing in those schools, unless you're going to Harvard and getting an, a, a master's degree in, in IT. That's the only time it matters because then you just jump right up to like director level. But if you're just a regular person who doesn't go to Harvard or Yale or whatever, don't worry about getting an IT degree unless you want to be a manager or a director or a CEO. Because even if you get like, let's say a bachelor's in IT, you're going to need to get a master's in business administration before you would ever be considered to be a, ma a manager, which, well, in my case, I guess I don't need one. Right. But, but. It's because I have 20 years of experience. Right. You know, and that's what is the driving force, the experience behind it. So my opinion, start low, start at a tiny little help desk or, or, or a call center and don't stay there. Work your way up. Go to the next level. Be, a, be an IT support desktop specialist. Then go on to being a network specialist or whatever. And then from there, branch out. We're going to take another quick break. We come back. We're going to be talking about passwords. How hard is it to hack your password? Oh, I just hacked yours. Yes, Justin is going to tell us a little more about that on the way with Tech Talk Radio. We'll be right back. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Passwords. Oh. Everybody's got them. Everybody hates to remember their passwords. They try to make them the simplest they possibly can to remember them. But by doing so, you're actually hurting yourself because it's very easy for hackers to hack your password. Yeah, there was, a, there was a story this week, a cybersecurity expert said that we don't need to change uh, our passwords every year. Said, honestly, as long as we use different passwords for different sites, each one is at least 12 characters long, and they've never been part of a data breach, but sometimes that's a little hard to find out. He says you never change them. Now, you never need to change them. But now, Justin, you shared an infograph that uh, Sean has been taking a look at, too, from a company that kind of deals with this. And Sean, it was kind of surprising when you look at how easy it is to crack certain passwords. Yeah, you got to remember these hackers, right? If they're if they're trying to get your information, they will, right? They're running scripts that will try 300 passwords every second, let's, right? Let's Just call it brute random, force. Yeah. yeah, brute forcing, right? So Hive Systems is a, a security group that posted this article that Andy was talking about. And they came up with this grid of here's how strong your password is. Right. So let's say, for example, you have a dog named Doug and that's the password you use. Doug, all yeah. lowercase letters. How fast do you think that password can be cracked? Instantly. Well, they, well they'd have to know who your dog's name, right? No. no, no, they can brute force it. They can brute force it, meaning there's an algorithm running that's testing letters, numbers, combinations just instantly. Right. Millions, millions of times every minute, whatever. Instantly. All right. What if what if, if I, what if I have Doug and I add like two 
like Doug's eyes. He's got big eyes. So I had two asterisks, you know, to, to it to represent Doug's eyes. So it would be easy for me to remember. Say that would be six characters, right? Right. So Doug with two asterisks. Yeah. Still instantly. Instantly. Wow. Yeah. Now, so, the, the, it starts to get it starts to get interesting when you get to, like, let's say seven characters and you're using upper and lowercase letters. Then it only takes two seconds to crack your password. Two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're saying pretty much if, if you want a really safe password using a combination, you know, this is every time you change your password, right, at work or somewhere. It's like use an uppercase, must contain a letter, must contain at least eight letters, yada, yada, yada. Pay attention to that because that's they're looking at all the security data and saying this combination of letters and numbers and symbols is getting harder and harder to crack because yeah. the more the so, more letters and numbers and symbols you have, the larger the algorithm is that needs to be solved to crack a password. So, for instance, let's I'll, I'll try to you know help you visualize this graph that we're looking at here. Let's say, for instance, you have a ten character password. All right, if it's numbers only. You can crack it instantly. If, just if numbers. Just numbers. You can crack it instantly. If it is 10 characters and lowercase letters, it takes four minutes. If it's 10 characters and upper and lowercase letters, it takes three days. If it's 10 characters, number, upper, uh, numbers, uppercase, and lowercase, three weeks. Then, if it's 10 characters, numbers, uppercase, lowercase, letters, and symbols... It takes five months. Now, for the most complicated password on this graph, if you have an 18-character password and it's numbers, uppercase, and lowercase letters and symbols, can you take a guess on how long it would take you to crack that? A couple years? Try 438 trillion years. So it's saying that it would just take, uh, at the at the current computer speed. Yes, it would be uncrackable. Now, we, we've come a long way because we've had on the show before Elcomsoft. Now, Elcomsoft is a Russian-based company, so I don't know if people can even get their software anymore. They're great at this. Um, and I've had that situation where you had a zip file. We weren't able to figure out the password. And using the Elcomsoft software, we were able to get into what we needed to do. And it did it, uh, I want to say, maybe in about five, six hours, it was able to figure out what it was. Oh, really? Yeah. Now... With the current technology, even though it's faster, uh, it's making it, it's still making it more difficult when you use 18 characters. But most people will say, Justin, how do I track all that? Well, so that's a, that's a good question. A lot of people don't like to use those long character passwords because they don't want to track it. So what a lot of people do is a password manager. And I, and I have one, I, I'm using one password. Mm -hmm. Um, so the thing is, is all I have to remember is my master password. And yes, that's a long password to remember. But as long as I can keep my master password to myself, then once I unlock the vault, I have access to fill in all of my other passwords on all other websites. And it makes it easy because most websites you go to, it's going to give you a little icon next to the username and password. And it's going to say, do you want to use one password for this? And if you click on it, it's going to say, ah, we found a password that you've already saved for this site. Do you want to fill it in? Yeah, sure. Why not? Boom. Done. Logging in. As long as I keep my master password safe, that's the big key. But a lot of hackers now are going after these password managers. Right. 
And if they can hack the password manager, they only have to hack one password, and now they've got every password you've ever had. Key to the kingdom. Key to a kingdom, exactly. If you're going to use a password manager, you better have a very long and very difficult password to go with it. Now, I do know that some people, what they've done is they'll use, like LastPass, the password generator that's on there. And you can uh, do a Google search for that on the LastPass website. And it will generate a password with hashtags, numbers, letters, the whole bit uh, that you want to have in that longer, you know, 18 plus category. And then what they'll do is they'll take the password and they'll put it in a safe deposit box somewhere, which is also a really good idea in case anything ever happened to you. If it did, then the family would have access to that safe deposit box and would be able to get into maybe some areas they would need to. Now, I know some people have told me that they've uh, they've written down a password, maybe 10 characters, and they put it in into an Excel spreadsheet and they'll use uh, different passwords with variations of that and they'll save it in a in a Excel spreadsheet on their computer which in itself can be password protected but on their computer don't do they'll that. call it password D- don't which, do that so they're they're really shooting themselves in the foot cuz yeah. if they're able to get into the computer or they they find a hard drive that is again the key to the kingdom right yeah they're going to the, the hackers if you get into your computer the first thing they're going to do is they're going to run a script that looks for anything that has a file name password or pw or whatever they're going to look for those files immediately all right uh so what they want to do is look at uh what one pass one password Uh, one password um that's one i isn't last pass another option last pass was my favorite until recently they started charging they started charging but the thing was is they didn't let anybody who had the free version continue with the with the free version like so once you got ingrained in their ecosystem they're like now you're going to start paying us. It was almost like extortion, you know, in a way. Like everybody was already using LastPass, and then they're like, now nah, you're going to start paying us. So I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm going to stop using your service. I'm going to use somebody else. What about the um, the passwords that you can uh, have within Google, your browser? Never do it. Don't it, ever what, do that. Why would that be a bad idea? Because if anybody ever hacks your Google account, they are going to be able to get access to all your passwords. Okay, because they're all listed there. Edge. Yes. Google, yep, the whole bit. Yeah, don't do that. So that's not a good idea either. So nope. look at a verified password manager. Sean, what do you Sean, use? Sean, what do you have? Uh, one pass. Yeah. Yep. One yeah, pass. one pass, same here. Yeah, I, we use it for work, and I use it personally. Now, what about uh, the the safety of an authenticator? Um, you get an authenticator. Two-factor authentication is good. Yeah. Is that also protect you? You still want to use a pretty complex password. Yeah, of course. You, you definitely want to do that. But, yes, it adds that one extra layer of protection. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, my Facebook account, I've got a bunch of extra, you know, pages and groups that I belong in, and Facebook required me to turn on Facebook Protect. They locked me out of my account until I turned that on because if somebody were to hack my Facebook account, they could portray themselves as a multitude of different businesses and pages that I help manage and, and run. So they could do a lot of damage to a lot of people with, the, with, with that Facebook account. So... Having two-factor authentication adds that one extra little layer of protection to your account. One other thing before we have to take another break, I uh, wanted to mention, if you get an email from Facebook or anything that you log into saying that uh, somebody tried to use your password, you know, click here to reset it. Don't. Don't do it. It's, again, a, don't fish, a phishing attack. Yeah, don't do it. It, lo- it might look legit. It might look really, really, really darn good. It comes from your bank. 
It comes from PayPal or Venmo or your credit card company. Don't click on any links in any email. If you have and a I'll problem, always, I'll always go to that website and there log go. in with what I know is my credentials. And there you if go. I log in fine, it's like, okay, I'm not locked out. So somebody's trying to get my password or make me click on a link. Yeah. So, don't ever, ever do that. And one other tip, too, uh, about your passwords. If you get a good password, don't write it down on a piece of paper and tape it under underneath your keyboard or put it somewhere on your desk where you could see it. If, unfortunately, your home is broken into and they take your computer, trust me, they're going to look for that as well. All right, we take another quick break. Come back. We'll have a website of the week. I do have a one tip for safety if you're going to be traveling. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. Now, back to Tech Talk Radio. So I heard a story this week about people that are traveling for spring break. Mm. Uh, just a reminder to be very careful when you're using your smartphones. You know, we're talking security today. We've talked a lot about that. Uh, your smartphone's connected to, because you're out and about, you're traveling to a unidentified Wi-Fi because you want to get online. You want to share those pictures uh, of your spring break trip. Don't do it. You've got to be very careful, even in a hotel. When you're going to be connecting, you're in your hotel room. Oh, the hotel has free Wi-Fi. You might want to verify that first before you do that. Yep. If you have to use your smartphone's connection rather than connecting to a Wi-Fi device. Also, make sure uh, if you're traveling, your devices are locked. So in case uh, they are lifted, stolen, grabbed while you're out by the pool, um, they're not going to have access to that data, which could give them access to your bank records. So that's uh, that's pretty big. Also, I did want to mention uh, the new iOS uh, uh, software is out that'll give you access to 37 new emojis. If you're really Woo-hoo! into that, including the pregnant man and the puppy dog eyes and the low battery emoji. That's the one you send when you're <laughs> tired. All right, Sean, you've got you've got our website of the week, which yeah, ties so we in. just talked about it. So if you're if you're interested in learning more about password security and learning how you can beef up your password security, the hivesystems.io and click on the services tab at the top and you can just search in there and you can read about how easy it is for people to get into your, your passwords just by using current generation equipment um, and kind of the theory behind it and, and how it's, it's progressed so fast in the last five to 10 years. So it's a great article, probably a 10 to 15 minute read if you're, if you're interested in that, but uh you know, just take a read. All right. Maybe change your passwords. Don't name them after your dogs or your cats. <laughs> and, you know, the big one, password. Yeah. Or the street you used to live on because you did that Facebook survey a few years ago mm-hmm. where they asked you, what was the name of the street you lived on? What was your first dog's name? Believe it or not, they were fishing back then. So, yeah. yeah. I want to make sure people know, too, we mentioned one password. The, it is the number one password.com if you want to look into that. Yep. All right. Well, that is it for this week's Tech Talk Radio. I had fun, guys. We talked a lot of a lot of great stuff. Next week, who knows? We might have a new dad in the crowd. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Next week. Are you excited? Can you talk about next? Well, you might not be here next week. If not, uh, the following week, can you talk about this new camera that you got? Oh, we'll get. I'll get it set up, and I'll do. A, I'll talk about it because it's definitely going to get set up. So. All right. Good deal. Well, best of luck. Lots of prayers for both of you. Yes. Uh, and uh, what could be the new arrival this week? We're crossing our fingers. Absolutely. All right. Good luck, Sean. All right. That's it for this week's Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Find us on the web, techtalkradio.com. Have yourselves a great week.